The role money plays in our life can lead to a bit of anxiety, which is why it's important to understand and define your relationship with money and improve the experiences involving your financial life. This way, you can get a better handle on your money anxiety. How to do that may require some self-reflecting and analysis on how you relate to it. I learned that we all have a money story and this money story is like a book on our beliefs and habits with money, thus essentially giving us a money persona. But are they really developed from childhood experiences and could you identify these personas in your partner or close friend? This is Married to the Money, second episode podcast. I'm your host, Jenny from the blockchain, here to talk all things relationship with money and money in relationships. Hello and welcome. You are tuning in, tapped in, and turned on to Wealth and Relationships podcast, Married to the Money, cha-ching, where we talk all things money, you know, anything related to relationships with money and money in relationships. For this episode, I want to discuss your money persona. Last podcast, I mentioned that we all have a money story, and part of that story is written by a persona which you, as as an author, But I want to talk about this because being able to identify it in yourself, well, then you just may be able to recognize it in your partner or person of interest. So firstly, how do you relate to money? Do you perceive it as a source of freedom or of stress? Well, just like in your relationship with your significant other or someone you're dating, communication in any relationship is key. And that includes defining the relationship. With money, this is also a key to a healthy financial relationship. Napoleon Hill, in his books, refers to money as being shy, elusive, and timid. And I must say, once you get to know money better, you really begin to see that there may actually be some truth to it. Uh, Economists and Wall Street people define money as something that is mobile, something that is sensitive, something that is scarce. Now, obviously, fiat currency is just paper money, and virtual currency is just electronic digits. But the key word is currency, which interprets that there's some energy, there's some motion. So, therefore, there is a sense of that emotion preceding matter. But I think that Emotions of money are from the people. We as people are the matter that gives the energy of money its value. Washi people people call it the market. Being that people like you and I, whom give money its purpose and use it as a means of exchange. Now the only way money can live up to its purpose is if you and I maintain its respective value. This is how for generations and millenniums, we've written our money story which leads us to the topic that we're here to talk about today psychology researcher dr brad clones has a term called money scripts which is a subconscious persona developed from childhood childhood transgenerational beliefs passed on and learned shaping our patterns into our adult financial behaviors like our thoughts our actions all of these things that we indulge in in regards to money and also 
the ways how we treat other people because of it. Is it fair enough to say that the better relationship you have with money, then potentially the better personalities you will attract, leading to the better relationship experiences you will have? Hmm. Well, I'm going to list the four money scripts. See if you can identify your money persona and even the one you think your partner, the person of interest, may possess. Most people can or should be able to relate to at least one of them. Being able to identify a money persona allows you to improve your relationship with money and the role money plays within your relationships. So let's get to it. The first money persona script is money avoidance. Nicknamed the avoiding ostrich because, I mean, the keyword is to ostracize. People with this script believe that money is bad and causes nothing but problems. So more money, more problems. So they don't feel like they deserve it and they try to avoid it or give it away as soon as they have it. Even the thought of having discussions about money or even talking about bills, they treat as so taboo, it's so taboo to them. So they become reckless as well in their spending habits, potentially leading to compulsive spending, poor financial management, having financial anxiety, and the inability to acquire or sustain wealth. This person is difficult to have open conversations about money with their partner or close friends. The second money script is the money worship. Nicknamed the stashing crow because this money worshiper believes that having money will solve, if not all, but a huge majority of their problems. They live in a state of lack and scarcity, never feeling like they have enough. To them, money is the key to acquiring the most power and having it will bring them happiness and fulfillment as to them, financial success is not about spending the most money, but having the most money. They love money so much that they will always work overtime for it. Unfortunately, this comes with the sacrifice of of investing or spending that quality time with your loved ones. To them, happiness is impossible and in poverty. This person is a workaholic and a shopaholic. They may have consumer debts from overspending habits and materialistic obsession because underspending on quality activities, but underspending on quality activities or fun things. So this person is someone who would basically like to overspend on just gadgets and buying things and spending sometimes they might equate money with in exchange for love and they would tend to be the person that would underspend on themselves on like the quality things to invest in themselves to better themselves or improve themselves or invest in something that is meaningful for experience with somebody else but they rather just overspend on certain things you know that would help them fulfill that void that they feel, you know, that they feel like money can replace and acquire happiness for them. Um, in essence, this results in poor money responsibility and it lowers their net worth over time. So that right there is the money worshiper. Third one that we're going to go on to is called the money status 
This manuscript persona is nicknamed the strutting peacock as they believe that a person's identity is defined in correlation with their net worth and self-worth. This one to me really hits home because it is a huge part of my why. Um, the reason why I got into finance is because, um, like myself and with my life, um, I didn't want to, I didn't like seeing how money had such an influence or affluence um, over people around me and even just over myself. Um, and I no longer wanted to, I wanted to be able to stand up for something that I believed in because I didn't want to continue to see people allow money to define them, their social class, their status, their personal assets. And I think that we give money too much power over us and our self-worth. We allow it to determine our social circles, the value of our relationships, and who we want to be or need to be for others. People with this kind of money persona portray a pseudo a pseudo wealth um, lifestyle. You know, they're offered the fame and the fortune. They live in this money illusion, keeping up with the hottest trends. You know, that FOMO life. Their self-esteem is basically the size of their wallet, measured by their income and what they own. Cars, houses, jewelry, etc. That's that's their lifestyle, and they're never shy to overspend making risky, uneducated investments or gambling on decisions even even with their debts and their credit as they fight to continue keeping up with the Joneses, as it said. Uh, their desperation to impress others um, causes them to just live a flashy, flossy lifestyle of just wanting the hottest name brands. Um, so yeah, that's basically the money status person, persona. And moving on to the last but not least, our fourth money script is the Money Vigilant, nicknamed the Wary Owl, because they believe in vigilance. I I call them penny pinchers, as they have like this um, future anxiety personality, so they live very frugal. Saving and hoarding money is a must. They may feel uncomfortable discussing their finances with others, and in turn, making them or not making them kind of secretive and not upfront about their financial well-being to them nothing in life is free they love to work for every penny they have and never wanting to take financial handouts this is a type to have emergency funds stashed away for a rainy day but they are afraid of bad money consequences and they are the type to panic in a crisis or a market crash. Um, so they, they are very um, conservative and risk adverse. Um, they have a fear of loss. And to them, spending and investing is what gets people into, tr- into trouble. So to them, they perceive if you, if you are the type of person that will go and spend money or invest money, you're gonna get into trouble, you're gonna acquire more problems, all of those things. So, I mean, these people are extreme savers, so never look to them to impact the growth of an economy. <laughs> um, so those are the fourth. Um, that is the fourth. Uh, the four money scripts. So my question is, could you relate to one or more of these money scripts? Everyone is at least one, and uh, some people may have a combination of several personas. Being conscious and aware of your money scripts 
What it does is give you the chance to make positive changes and informed adjustments on the money situations you face over the course of your life and your goals. And it can also give you the ability to help others in understanding it in themselves. As you may have noticed, three out of four of those manuscripts listed um, have the most like negative impacts on our financial health. I personally would say that my what one that I'm guilty of would be the money worship. I used to be guilty of that a lot, just as I've described it. For me, what I had to do, what I needed to do, was acknowledge and own up to my invisible my invisible money script because it was negatively narrating my money story and then i took the steps needed to clarify what type of people and relationships moving forward i wanted to have if money was to play an active important role in my life in those relationships and from the day i defined it um, from that point on i now had to hold myself accountable to remind myself and live up to it each and every day and that's how you don't get caught up in the negative aspects of it and you can keep it really really positive and not have to feel like money is something that you know can be bad something that you shouldn't want to have or acquire not something that can be part of a necessity in your life to help you acquire or have more resources and make more options or decisions in your life so um yeah that's something that i did and um being able to question your money story is i think is a great first step once you can identify your money scripts you will ultimately be in better shape to ultimately transform the habits and the limiting beliefs restraining your financial freedom and debilitating your financial health so to leave you with something to ponder on i would love for you to explore your financial life ask yourself what type of spender am i and try to dig deeper than just how you're spending your paycheck underneath the surface are the money beliefs right that have kind of left a trail of habits try to trace back to the things you've heard people say around you about money People closest to you say things all the time. Growing up, I've heard a few of them, so you can try to relate back and see if you can remember them. Um, I've, I have heard um, and still hear more money, more problems for sure. Um, I also hear rich people are greedy, and if you ain't making money, then you ain't, you ain't making sense. Um, if it's not about money, right, you're not saying nothing, as they say. That's, that's all about the money status. That all falls under the money status. Some of it does fall under um, money avoidance for sure. But to move more into it, what are the, the some of the statements that you've heard? I would like to know for you to think on that. Like, what are some of the money statements that you've heard? Um, what are ones that you've latched onto and believe? Um, think on that because this may just be the beliefs about money that have been implanted in your brain that is now impacting and influencing not only your relationships with money, but the health of money in your relationships. So, there's that. And um, now it may all have sounded negative. One thing I would love for you to remember um, and to take into account is that now that you have 
a certain money consciousness, the next time when making a financial decision, um, try to play into it. Avoid the weaknesses of the money story, the money persona, but instead lean into the strengths you've identified and defined in your relationship with money. Think on that. And with that, um, I'm going to wrap it up. And once again, I want to say thank you guys for listening to Married to the Money podcast. I appreciate your attentiveness. Until next time, Jenny Benz out.